0: keeping track and you're listening to molly huddle alicia montano and roisin mcgettigan dumas we want to
1: highlight the important topics inspiring stories and amazing women in sport
0: we're three olympians from two countries two moms and one current pro coming together to talk about issues we're passionate
2: about in the sports world and we care about the current and future landscape of women's sports and this is just how we're keeping track
1: Welcome back to Keeping Track, everybody. In this episode, we do a little longer of a catch-up as all three of us ladies are back together, and then we talk to newly professional runner, NCAA cross-country champion, and NCAA 10K champion, Wayney Kalati. We talk about how she spent her COVID year in school in New Mexico, her decisions to go pro recently, where to go and who to sign with, and then we delve into part of Wayne's backstory. She tells us about how she found running in her rural Eritrean village and how she hopes to inspire a wider view for what's possible for the women back home. A big shout out to Saucony for sponsoring our season two production costs. At Saucony, a good day is when we get to run. A great day is when we inspire someone else to run. Run for good and thanks for keeping track. Everybody, welcome back to Keeping Track. We have a great episode today, and we have all three of us, Alicia and roisin How are you ladies doing?
2: Mm-hmm. Feeling like a champ. <laughs> this is Alicia, in case you guys are wondering. I feel fantastic, y'all. Um Ro, you're the one that just had the baby. How are you feeling?
1: <laughs> wait, wait, Alicia, you just had surgery. How are you doing
2: too? Oh, I did. That's crazy. <laughs> um, that was so last week for you. I was so uh I'm three weeks post-op. I feel really good, everyone, just to kind of let you know. I had diastasis recti repair. I think I've shared as openly as I possibly could. Everyone, I'm an open book. Um, kind of going through that. We saw drains and all. Saw my insides, drains, my internal fluids. Um, have you? Is there a part of my body you have not seen? Welcome to my anatomy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I made the decision to have that. I've been, you know, since I had Linnea, I had diastasis, recti, I didn't even hear about what that was beforehand. And I, you know, had all of my doctors and midwives and everyone saying, yeah, thumbs up, you know, you're all good to go. And I'm like, "Nah, not really. But, um, somehow I won two national titles and, um, with it and it was all good. And I had two more babies and from what I want out of my body, I'm still really young in my performance and is not to not be able to get my full, I don't know. My full potential in from a power aspect, yeah. In my power obviously, your core is everything, and then even from picking up the babies and having to be like, Hold on, Bruce, all mm-hmm. right, like just living a n- normal, optimal at optimal function. Um, even without performance, but I think when we think of high performance, we think of just like elite athlete. High performance is what I want out of my life forever. I want to be 90 years old and like high performance in terms of my bodily functions. Hopefully, I you know all of the functions (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. no but but I think you're so right as an athlete you prioritize that so it's kind of like one of those things you really value and we're like I'm not giving that up just because I had a baby exactly I feel like we can get it because we're athletes but I also want women who are not athletes to be like no 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 prioritize that too yeah like it's not just about you know making a comeback in your sport or anything like that at all Absolutely, it's about being in yeah, having full use of your body. So good, Mm -hmm. good
2: for you. I love
0: that you're sharing that message. Yeah, I'm hoping I
2: I could destigmatize just like, you know, it's like if you over sprained your ankle and you're having a heart and your ankle just got messed up, people would go and get surgery for their ankles, for their hips, for knees, and like something about having a baby and needing extra support around that is like you messed everything up because you did X, Y, and Z. And it's like sometimes our body's structure and function can fail on us. Um, mm-hmm. and we need extra support. And so I'm hoping I can desinformatize that and take away that feeling of guilt or like, Oh, you shouldn't have, or shouldn't have, or you should have, yes. which like, there are still things that can really help you, you know, same thing with like an ankle over your ankle, you know, doing rehab work with bands. Like that's not because you're the most terrible person with your ankle. It's just like, you need some extra striking. I would say if I can give any advice, from the linear Alba strengthening aspect of things, you know, having linea, there was like so little information because before they are telling you, just don't do anything because we don't know. And we don't even want to like look into how to support you to optimize your health, exercise during your pregnancy. So obviously we don't have that much information behind it. I would say really get into breath work, do as much pelvic floor work as you can during your pregnancy. I was given ill advice to like not do any core work in the first half of my pregnancy. And by the time I came around to it, I already had curvature in my back. I probably needed some more PT during my pregnancy, which I really didn't get. Um, it was just like, yeah, you know, your, your exercises lay off of heavyweights lay off of that. And I just did those things, but there's more to it than just a throwing a, you know, some slime at it and hoping that it sticks. It's really individualized. And I think, you know, if I can share as much as I can to kind of help women, um, just, I mean, the, your pelvic
0: floor is a, you know, muscle that's after going through a trauma, I give a yeah. head, holding the baby to nine months. Right. So that alone is like, even like, you know, that alone, even if you don't have to have surgery or anything, it's like, you need to recruit those muscles properly. Again, I feel like that's what's what, something totally. that, you know, only a PT can help you with that. You can't necessarily just, you know, know that just because you used to know that your body right. used to know that now it has to relearn that because it's been stretch stretched So
2: Right. Yeah, I think, and I think that's another thing, too, with what you're exactly what you're mentioning about pelvic floor is we talk so much about pelvic floor and, like, what does it actually even mean? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. just think it's kegels, mm-hmm. kegels, kegels. And it's like, what's the TVA again? I mean, I say it all the time, and people are like, what? Like, your mm-hmm. transverse abdominis and how it's connected. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any leaking pressure issues in my mm-hmm. pelvic floor, but it's still attached to your transverse abdominis. And my obliques were completely overworked. Um, and that's always been the history of my function pregnancy or not, it's just showing up now because I am a now a birthing body. And so, um, yeah, it's just allowing yourself to be assessed as an individual. There's no, you know, and they're like, don't, you can't compare, you can't compare yourself. You just need to set yourself up for, you know, the best possible result. And even still know that you're not broken. You're okay. If you need extra support, whether it be, any sort of intervention from a medical standpoint, whether it be surgical intervention, but just know like what you, the resources that may not be presenting to you. Because to be honest, women's health is so sadly undervalued that um, we're often thrown into the dark when it comes to more serious issues that can um, be bestowed upon a woman or a birthing body. Yeah, that's for
0: sure. And I, well one thing I can say about that, and so I'm glad we're living in 2020 or well, not 2020,
2: yeah but, twenty you know,
0: I would and it's still like I'm playing catch up, that whole kind of postpartum rehab. and um, and a lot of the places are not still not doing it. And again, I think for women to prioritize that and there is no shame in it, right? It's mm-hmm. like empowering to rehab your body and rebuild strength instead of saying, Oh, I'll just stay in the dark and be embarrassed about this
2: or you know. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Make your body a priority. It's a great example.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. So now, Ro, I want to just hear, you, we stole the floor. This is like half the time why we don't want to, I don't want to talk because I feel like I'm always going through too much. <laughs> no way. love it. Yes. You had a baby. How old is he Rory now? <laughs> He's almost four months old. He's like, they're talking
0: about it. So that's
2: so incredible. How are Ro you doing from yes. a physical and mental yeah. standpoint?
0: no good i again pt and got myself in there with no issue it wasn't having any issues but still was like should i can i help me rebuild my core and she's like i'm so glad you're here because you're not recruiting properly you're not doing it and i was trying i know all the exercises off by heart but was i doing them properly so this is so good to be doing that and seeing the progress every week um and you know, yeah, Dumel, well, he's, he's fun, we're loving him, and trying to balance work as well, and finishing up a project, and um, we just had some late nights, so I'm looking forward to a nice rest in
2: the next few weeks, but. Yes, I love that, um, I think I want to just from like the me- the physical standpoint, you mentioned a lot about the physical stuff, but like, you know, our mental health is just as important and I want mm-hmm. to prioritize your mental health as a mom, as a new mom. So how are you doing in your brain?
0: Yeah. Doing okay in the brain. I'm ha- like, I'm glad I'm doing the work I'm doing. So I'm kind of like reframing the, you know, the to-do list, my work pressure as something I've really chosen for myself, something I'm really passionate about. So that really helps. But also then just kind of recognizing that some things are kind of falling a little bit and being okay with that and or and not totally okay with it, but if we're just working through that, resourcing myself, um, getting, you know, getting more support where I can and uh breathing. Yes, <laughs>
2: <that's> <laughs> running, so coping, yes. having
0: my strategies. And also one and like, you know, you know, one thing I've noticed that's come up for me, um is this kind of shame narrative that I do still have, like I've worked through it in sport, but now it's shown up in in, uh, in other areas where it's like, you know, oh, that should have been done and you missed that thing and you're late, oh, right? And I'm just like, wow, like that is getting in the way more than the actual to-do list, right? So it's like, yeah, that's the biggest challenge. And I think that's where anxiety kind of can show up. And um, so kind of keeping that at bay and, and recognizing, okay, I'm trying to do a hard thing right now. And um, how do I, yeah, how do I befriend myself throughout the process? Yay.
2: I love it. That's befriend yourself. Idea. Yes. I love it. Yes. So uh, my takeaway is um, to kind of work through your mental health and not let all of the anxiety of all the things that you want to be doing, And the things that, you know, you are are very real, like your new motherhood and adjusting to your new life, you have your toolbox that you're trying to tap into and just remember that to keep your anxiety at bay.
0: Yeah, And that's it. You know what? We're resourcing yourself is everything, right? If we have the right resources, we can get through anything, people. So Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like overwhelmed, see if there's ways you can resource yourself or or, you know, accept that you can't do everything. Do you know what I mean? So don't know what no, I mean resources. I'm talking about somebody you can talk to, and somebody you can get exercise, you know, good nutrition, supportive partners, people around you. That's what I'm talking about when I say resources, because sometimes like the lingo might be a bit yeah. weird. But um,
2: yeah,
0: you know, what what is the what is the stuff that helps you cope and get, get through things? Don't be afraid
2: to lean on those. Love that. And the trash, throw out the things that you, I mean, okay, sorry, not really going to call everything that you can't do trash, but I think, you know, if it's overfilled let and, it go. I and then let it go, I know yeah, I had let a hard time. Like had, nothing could go away. Like I had to do every single thing. Otherwise I would miss an opportunity. And it was until I was like tanks and I was like, bye guys. But that's how um, I was able to come back to myself and be like, okay, you were totally gone you're back. How are you doing? I can mm-hmm. laugh at stupid things, which is my like favorite thing to do. And I was having a hard go. time laughing at dumb stuff. <laughs>
0: oh, right. So that's a sign for you. If you're not like, sure. able to laugh, that means you're kind of out of balance.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. Laughing is the way, right? I got to laugh <laughs> at when things like are ridiculous. Like that's just me. I just, and I was yeah. so, I mean, you guys kind of we've been working together, got to really witness. Molly was really great about checking in. Like I can feel it. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all of where I, where I was. You know, I was totally, it was so weird. But now it's funny because I can laugh at stupid stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I like this person. She's cool.
0: Yay. And I also
2: don't want to hate myself for really hurting, you know, mentally. Mm-hmm. So, But it was hard. Oh. And <laughs> I'm good though. Yeah. I'm glad that you got all those resources. And that I know you to be like, yes, don't forget my toolbox. Got yeah. it.
0: Well, it's funny, right? Because you do forget it when you get hijacked by some of these like uncomfortable emotions, and you're like, "Wait, there! Really? Shit, I know this. I know. I know yeah. better than this, right?" So it's having that awareness that you, you have been hijacked is is yeah. the most important thing. Um, and it's a practice. You don't just do it once and arrive there. It's it's a continual practice. So yeah, you know.
2: And uh, let's keep doing that. Even the best of the best can get hijacked. So you got to mm-hmm. just like anything else, practice flexing mm-hmm. that mental muscle. Molly, we stole the show with our baby talks <laughs> and postpartums and blah, blah, blah. Um, Can we don't try to don't try to run away from us catching up on you. Let's do it.
1: Well, I love how those two like your conversation tied so much into I mean, we haven't had a podcast in a month. So there's a lot of catch up news stories. And mm-hmm. two of the big ones, I think recently are. Um, Alphine Tillamuk's baby news, uh, which ties into this motherhood conversation and um Alexa recent um op-ed with the great lindsey krauss in the New York Times about her mental health struggles and just being really open and honest about those two things. I think um we see how this is just something that we benefit when we talk about it and prioritize that as much as we would, you know, our bodies, which we also need to
2: prioritize. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So I loved how that tied in. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved what, what they did, Alexi and Lindsey Krause. I mean, uh, well done. Bravo. Like standing ovation again. It just mm-hmm. knocks it out of the park. And so glad to see more awareness around that issue, at, you know, around that side of sport, it's not even just an issue, side of being a human, side of being a striving athlete. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know, all that glitter is not gold. I don't know if that's the right context here, but totally. that there's like a shadow to that, and we need to take care of it's. A, it's a natural part of the cycle of like going out and trying to do something, and then coming crashing down. And well, let's remember the crash is there, and not pretend that it doesn't exist. And when we know it's there, we can support that, and um, and I and not, I normalize it. There's nothing wrong when that happens. It's not that. I mean, there's something wrong when somebody doesn't feel good, but that it's not there's no shame around that. It's a natural part of the cycle. And the more mm-hmm. we can kind of know, them, I mean, we can set people up and support them in that side of the, that side of the, cra- of the wave, right? Mm-hmm. The crashing of the wave. So yeah, I'm so glad that normalizing it.
2: Yeah. I think the interesting part about all of that too, is like, you know, anybody that's going for something really big and it's like their life's purpose and then they like achieve it. There's like, a, that. that's such like a, a upward, you know, um, climb, like it feels like the only way is down. (laughs) But I think the reason why, I mean, this is just from my own experience, I guess, but um, I think the reason why in a lot of aspects too, is just like Alexi talked about is we don't, it's not prioritized about like the athlete and how we're going to, give them one, their toolbox for afterwards. It's just not prioritized enough, but there's so much pressure on this identity of them as Olympian and their achievement of Olympism and of the medals. Like, I mean, even when you're on the team, it's like everyone around you on these teams that are the staff are a little annoying, to be honest. They're like, we're going to get these medals. You see this list? You see that? You see this? Like that, at least for the U S team, it's a little like, you know, I don't even like hanging around them because it's like, you don't understand, you got to protect the mind. You don't, you're putting more on the only thing you care about from these individuals. And then when they go on the other side, and like you say, one, you know, the other side of not achieving all the things that the only reason it seems like you care about me for, if I don't get any of that, who am I? And how much less of value am I? Even if I was somebody that's all you cared about now that that happened, where am I? What do I do from here? Where do I go?
1: Uh, I think as an athlete, there's a lot of reinforcement. That is almost anti-sports psychology techniques in the sort of cliched like Rocky montage world of sports or in these team USA meetings where they're like, We're the best and that's why you're gonna win the gold. And you're just like, Well, I'm trying to be six and that's a win. So is that should I go home? Or like so like it's like you kind
0: of have to battle these external things. Mm -hmm. The noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely an important time. And, and, you know, um, and, uh, like an Olymp- like the way the Olympics has gone now, right? It started in the modern games in 1896. I'm an Olympic geek because I do this Olympic program, right? It started in 1896. People just, like, showed up from a country and did the sport and uh, played, you know, tried to go for a medal and went back and did their careers and, you know, normal life, right? Now it's, we've kind of, like, really pulled out this, like, striving for excellence and this, like, superhuman performances, that everyone now has to build their life around the, that versus you know their life, and then they go to the Olympics. So you've it's kind of out you know an Olympian's life. It has to be out of whack in order to achieve that kind of high, hype, supreme performance. And then then they come out of that, and they're like, my life's out of whack, and it feels terrible. And it's like, yeah, of course it was, but you know, know that it's out of whack and be supportive of that, but know that, okay, it's okay to kind of want to get that back in balance after.
2: Yeah. I think another layer to that too, though, is, you know, as we see this, I don't feel like it, I mean, there's going to be a drop after something so high, it's crazy, especially since there's so many eyes on you and that performance aspect of it. But I think, um, I would almost add another layer of just having more things that you also do outside of that, that aren't just, this is the only purpose that I have in my entire life is for mm-hmm. people to watch me perform at this high level. Even if it's something like taking up, you know, learning a guitar and mm-hmm. how it makes you feel when you do that, or learning, you know, to play the piano and how does that make me feel? It's something that's not going to take away from your legs or your brain or your time mm-hmm. and your energy, but it's something that also gives you that feeling of joy. You're seeing something, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm picking like art and music because those are things that you can have, uh, again, from an Olympic standpoint, we're talking like high performance, or even if you, you know, and anything that you are trying to achieve at like the highest level of excellence at, having something that you can have a beginning starting point to, work your way to a goal and like see the achievement of that isn't um, based around your identity. It's something that you can continue to do over and over again that keeps your mind kind of engaged and gives mm-hmm. you that, those same sort Perfect. of tools that you use that are yeah. like a lower level of, I guess, expectation of death if you, if you don't, you know, get, um, Fast car by Tracy Chapman on the first try. You get to keep trying at it, and it's something else to keep your mind busy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It would broaden your identity in a way, yeah, and also exactly. like a source of flow or enjoy, or joy that's not based. It doesn't actually always have to have a goal attached to it, right? That yeah. like, we become these like goal chasers as Olympians, mm-hmm. and actually sometimes we're like, okay, you're okay without a goal. Whoa, that's really Right. <laughs> great. And I think- for athletes, and again, yeah, you're totally. enough, you know as a human yeah
1: like you're and you know maybe you know that in your heart of hearts you need to have broader goals you need to do this and that but then like here you are in the real world hyper branded is this one thing so that's absolutely that so I feel like those little things can help be like you know what like there is more to me over here that I'm doing that no one sees Mm -hmm. that I enjoy so Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and so that just brings me to um you know who, who talking about Allie T and her baby news Allie T is uh she makes L.E.T. resilience beanies and that shows through on other things that she does to kind of calm herself, to keep her busy. Mm -hmm. And, um, for everyone who's listening, she had won the 2020 marathon Olympic trials. So she is going to Tokyo 2021. And she also, you know, with the news of COVID has, um, decided to make her own light at the end of the tunnel with her partner, Tim, and they are pregnant with their baby girl, Zoe or Zoe. It's spelled Z O E. So I'm not sure the pronunciation Um, that's due in January, which is a whole year out from when she um, won the trials. And I think what I, what I picked up from her story and um, was that, you know, yeah, that's part of it too. Like there's more to your identity than this. We're not, doesn't have to be single issue life. Like you just do not have to have one single thing that you want out of your life. And for, I know in our conversations with her, one of the things that she did want it, it was to become a mom. And, um, we we've talked at length, everyone that's listening about, you know, th- those of us that want to, um, be a, a mom from like, you know, especially from a birthing aspect. Um, planning that time is really interesting in COVID. We've talked about this this last year had been really interesting in a lot of people's plans. And so it's really interesting for her knowing that she's made the team that she was planning to have her child after the Olympics in 2020 and that not happening and her still seeing how she can kind of weave that into the plan. I think that that adds another layer of identity. I mean, for me, it did, um, that I recognize, Hey, I'm, I'm fully Alicia and fully Alicia and being myself can also include these things. and. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the support and where we are now in 2020 and recognizing where sponsors need to do a better job supporting and not isolating and protecting their, um, athletes who, you know, want to birth, um, another person (laughs) sounds so funny to say it that way, but really I'm trying to be more inclusive about how we look at birthing bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, how do we do that? How do we support them? And where do we give them the encouragement to do that and let them be the, the, um, authors of their own story. Mm-hmm. And if she wanted mm-hmm. to write within her story, um, you know, become a mom in pursuit of, um, heading to the Olympics, then she can write that story. And like, how much mm-hmm. more inspiring is it for future generations to kind of see the variances of how we can approach, um, success and excellence in our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And define that. It doesn't have to be defined by, like Molly was saying, you know, because you've defined for me, going only make an Olympic team, um, gold, silver, and bronze is the only way for you to see success. For me, success for me is knowing, you know, I can, I want to be sixth at this Olympic Games. That's going to be a huge improvement for me. That's going to be, that's, a that's re- where I want to be. And that is my, my measure of success for myself. And mm-hmm. so, and that's enough, that's your own enough. measure, right? Yeah
0: happy. It's not to say you aren't dedicated to excellence.
1: It's just absolutely the reality that you have. And yeah. So,
2: but, but again, like that's still excellence. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, those are, are things that are written at the top of this rubric, right? Yes, we understand we're going to Olympic games. Part of going to Olympic games is the opportunity to earn these gold, silver, and bronze medal, but that doesn't have to be the only way that you are excellent That's at what you do. Yeah, yeah.
1: mental health preservation perspective. We think that right. is a great message. So I could talk about this all day. And I know we have a oh. we have news updates too, as far as records and things like that. But I want to talk about our guest, um, what we thought of um, Wayney Kaladi today. Uh, big news with Wayney, She just PR'd in the 10K at the meet in LA the other day. Uh 3110, I believe there was a lot of low 31 women. Um shout out Rachel Schneider had a big 10K debut and Alicia Monson.
2: Oh, I was like Alicia Montavio, I was there. I was literally sorry, Alicia. Alicia Mon- have your moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, I did a 10K. <laughs> what bro? okay, sorry. Alicia, we, let's give it back yes. to her. Go ahead. Actually I never realized you do have such a similar name there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And sure right. Kai. Yeah, a lot of low 31
1: ladies. Um but Wayney, e, that was the start of her pro career with Under Armour and Dark Sky Distance. So it was great to hear from her. The depth of her story is some of you, some of you may know a little bit about her background, um, but it was very inspiring and very um, meaningful to see what, you know, how running is going to help her um, kind of change her village.
2: Yeah, I feel so inspired by listening to her story. Um, of course, like there are so many takeaways that I was just, um, I could grab a hold of. I'm I'm interested to. Um, hear from our viewers and what they their takeaways are, but she's really inspirational. Um, one of the biggest things I felt was how she, um, you know, the the culture in her village was about girls and women and their expectation, which was, you know, from her um, experience, was uh, you know, girls when they're born they already have a path written for them, and it is to be married off and make children um, and just be um homemakers and for her you know she kind of didn't really see too much difference of that path until running came into her life and kind of like allowed her so much more recognition of uh, breaking the chains of you know being mm-hmm. in oppression mm-hmm. really oppression lines, as a yeah. girl and a woman and um, where she kind of saw, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, quite literally in running and where it was taking her and that sense of independence and accomplishment. And, uh, you know, and that, that can be for girls and women too, but they just didn't have that example. And now in a professional career, how she wants to bring that back to her village. I mean, that is just so much to have actually on your shoulders, but also I'm so inspired that she understands the weight of all of that and what it brought to her, and how important it can be for girls mm-hmm. and women moving forward for her village. And mm-hmm. I want to help support her in that and share that story by sharing the story here. And of course, moving forward. And I'm just so happy mm-hmm. that she's another example of of somebody who it happens to also be a high performance athlete that we can look at as an example for a broader worldview of other things that make them a purposeful individual.
0: Yeah. I mean, sports is her opportunity out of like a, a society and social norms that had one role for her and, and sport was a way out to climb out of that. And I think she's just so passionate about sharing that power of sport to do that. Um, and in her young life so far, she's already been through so much and she's already been so courageous and so brave to come to America um, and kind of make make a home here for herself. The race itself was is isn't too much of a challenge when she's already been through so much. Does that make sense? To me it, I think that's the character building is happening has already happened for her. And you know sport is like wow this is this is nothing compared to what it, you know what I've had to get to get here to this point. Um and um I, it's great to see you know, the role like the powerful role of sport to empower her in that way. Um and then also know that it's not easy. It's I mean there wasn't easy and a lot of girls around the world are still falling or you know, people around the world don't have sport as an opportunity to get out of their situation. And you know, we know the socioeconomic conditions can prevent access to sport for so many people. And and how do we kind of you know think about it. A sport and performance and all of that but really how do we how do we make sure that we get you know the benefits that we experience in sport the empowerment we experience for physical mental emotional all those things how did how do we get that to have more to reach to people who might be in um in more disadvantaged conditions to us i think that's like the next thing that we need to really know and look at um because it is such a help help people climb up that kind of social ladder mm-hmm. um, and she's doing an amazing job. So power to her. And I'm with you with that supporting in her any way we can.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're team Kaladi all the way. Um, we want to see her inspire um, men and women back in her village in Eritrea. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, you want to see uh, those communities have the things that allow choices in women's lives and, you know, that's, it's about autonomy and choices and um, opportunities. And so I think they'll be watching her and seeing all the doors sport can open up, including the door to education, the door to these other opportunities. So um, she's going to be a really important woman, I think back home.
0: I love (laughs) it. It It it.
1: All right. So everybody, um, we'll turn you over to Wayney's interview, and you'll see at the end of the interview, end of the interview where you can follow her and become a fan like we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Keeping Track. Today, we are talking to Wayne Kaladi about a lot of things. You may know her as NCAA cross-country champion, NCAA 10K champion, and now she has a new PR and a new um, announcement about her future pro plan. So welcome, Wayne. Thanks so much for talking to us. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. We caught you on your um, off day from classes, so you're still in school at New Mexico. Can you tell us a little bit about how this semester has been for you um, in the NCAA with COVID and with school, and with you're obviously still fit with
3: training? <laughs> well, uh, everything looks a little crazy, but I feel like with the school, it's working better for me other remote classes because I don't have to go and rush for classes and um, of course, like online classes always double work than in-person classes, but I try mm-hmm. to uh, fit in every schedule, every hour that I can keep up with the schedules and stuff. And also uh, I try to do first things first. Um, that way you can help me to stay in the track. And also I am, um, it's a new transition, but like still, um doing um practices early morning and if I have a chance after classes too so that's why how I've been balancing both
2: yeah I was gonna say that's 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 so awesome that you've been able to balance all of that and it's it's interesting what you said about it being double work from being um from in-person classes because it does seem like everything has yes. been more work, which you'd think would be less, um, because of COVID and things like that, but you've been managing really well. And I think that that's actually probably what's going to set you up for really good successes as a pro athlete. Um, what are some of the things that you are looking forward to now that you are a pro athlete, which I'm, I think I'm announcing prematurely,
3: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, it's amazing to be in this position. You know what? Um, every, uh, risk get canceled in NCAs, there was nothing to look forward. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, um, when I get this opportunity, I was like, oh, this is the time to work harder. And, uh, this is the chance that I have to accomplish the goals that I set up for the future. So of course I, I am looking for new peers and, um, I get an Olympic standard for 10K. Maybe I'm looking for 5K again. So, this is the things that I'm going to be working on just like uh, having a good time, just enjoy what I'm doing, um, run some fast times and um, Olympics and World Championships. So, we'll see what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And you've got a new setup right now in Flagstaff. Or, how do you feel the support is for your transition, which is a huge um and you know it's usually obviously very different most of the time you'll there'll be like an NCA, and then somebody's going pro um but yeah so how has that transition been for you from a support aspect
3: it feels like i'm going from family to family oh, that's so funny. always it's hard when you're being like in states because you have the team around you, the coach, and everything is connected. But, like, I heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, professional running is a little different. But to me, it seems, like, very similar. I still have a team around me. I have still that support. And I talk to my coaches, like, every day. And, like, they answer their phones, like, any time that I want them because I have a, a crazy schedule. But, like, they find time for me. So I feel like still I have that support and, like, people around me that can um, support me, um,
0: everything that I do. You're changing from college coach to professional coach? Is that happening right now? Or
3: Yes. So first I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to use to the training and stuff, but, like, I get used to it really quick. Um, the thing they do uh, for training is not different than what I have been doing. So like, it's just like slightly different, but I feel like I get used to that, right? not having any trouble.
2: You're so lucky because I think uh, why people might have mentioned that um, it's so much more different is because that transition, when you have that team atmosphere, everyone's around all the time, you have a lot of access to facilities and the coaches and not every pro athlete gets to transition as seamlessly to um, a support team, a team in general, you know, having facilities, having good structure and having a coach that's readily available for them. So that's amazing. I think that that's actually something that if our, to all of our listeners, you know, as we go to support athletes in their transition, let's really make sure that we can keep that family feeling for them as best as possible, if we can. And if you see that there's an athlete that is struggling, you know, um, there's, it's probably because they're missing that that family environment, so um, yes, thank you for sharing that, yeah. Thank you. It's it's um,
3: incredible how they're connected with their runners, also with their runners, um, and even the brand, and everyone is, like, very connected, so that's, I feel like, well, I was wondering how it's going to be. It took me uh, about two months to process this, I don't know, um, but Right now, I feel like wow, this is the place I want to be.
2: How did the How did the opportunity present itself to you to 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 go pro? Well, I feel like like I what's mean, the this story? Is... Tell us the story. What did someone just call you? Ring up your phone and say, "Listen, <laughs> we got the deal. and you're like, "What? What's the deal?
0: <laughs> Tell me the money." Yeah, so, like,
3: <laughs> now, first, as like as we mentioned, I look for um the connections with the brand and like to feel that I have supported around me. So, of course, it's been crazy things like NC can canceled. I have been getting a lot of calls I've heard um, from a lot of companies. And um, all of them was really good. Um, but I was looking for the place that I feel like where I belong. So it took me a while to make a decision and think about it. What are the good ones? What are the small things that I can um, I can just say like, oh, that's still fine. I can get I can get over it. Or um the big things that you're looking for what this is not gonna work for me. So I bounce all these things and I think about it, and at the end of the day, I make a decision whatever my heart tells me to do. Good
0: for you. Yeah. Thank you. And where for our listeners who might not be aware of like where you decided to go and who's your sponsor, tell us where you're going and who's your sponsor and coach and everything.
3: So first, I was visiting a couple of teams, and um, of course, as I get calls, um, I just take my time to process everything because when everything is at the same time, it might seem confusing, and then mm-hmm. everything everything looks good, and I. I was like, I gotta take um my time. This is same as college is deci- decision that I made a few years ago. So um I talked to Steven um and I decided to work on uh, as an agent with him. He was a great guy and I feel like he's gonna help me with everything. And from that, I take my trips, a few team, and also I was just on the phone with other companies, but like During my visit to Flagstaff, I feel like I really like the team and the place to train. And also I talked to the brand with Hannah and James, and I like that energy when I met them through Zoom call and they said, we want you, we want to get you. We're, we're going to let it happen. This. Mm -hmm. So I like that. And that's why I have to, um, make my decision with them.
1: And is your is the group the official Dark Sky Distance? That par- part of that group with um, Chesserac and um, Emily Durgan and um, Sharon is that the group you'll be working out with, or are you your own like individual yes. athlete there?
3: You will be. Yeah. I am with the group Dark Sky Distance. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they have a lot of different uh, teams from different companies, and I like that too. They're very open for everyone. That's Everyone, when they want to come to train flag so like staff or they ask it to train with them, they're very welcoming. So I like that.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. I think there's been something really interesting happening with the group dynamic when it's just sponsored by one company. A lot yeah. of times it like blocks other people out that also need that support. So that's so great that you're that dark sky.
1: Under Armour and Dark Sky
3: Distance. Yes. Yeah. It's sponsored by Under Armour. They're called Dark Sky. Just distance. for our. For our listeners who
0: don't know.
2: Ah, I know the sport, (laughs) the business of of track and field and running. But
0: That's a new enough distance group, is it? And who's the coach there? So there is two
3: coaches, um, Stephen and Shayla.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. You're so super duper lucky. So um, I wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit more about your like journey, your background. Um, Like Molly had mentioned before. You know, we know you as an NCA champion in a 10K and in cross country. We know you as uh winning footlocker, cross country nationals. Um, but you are coming from Eritrea and you ran in World Juniors. And, you know, I remember reading the story in ESPN about you coming um, to America. And, and can you just tell us about that journey and what you, why you were coming to America? Um, and yeah, what that was like for you.
3: Well, this is um gonna be a long story, but um, Love it. Let me, let, let me talk about the track part of this. So um when I was back home, I I was like just like a um a student in sixth grade. I was like way too young at the time, but um my physical education professor, uh I mean teacher, um asked me to run and I said like, well, like what I'm running every day to come here because we have to walk two hours and um, 30 minutes to get to school. There is no transportation. And he said, I think um, you need to run. And like they um, they give us um, points when you run. That's how you earn your um, grade. So I just like ran and I was like, okay. Um, but I was pretty competitive. So I was like, I'm not going to lose in this one. So I went first place, I beat the boys and girls, and he said, I think you're really good at this, you can continue running. For what? Running for what? So like, I didn't know anything about running. So, (laughs) and he said, Uh you know what? Um, You can do a lot of things with running, but I want you to compete in different places. And I said, no, I make an excuse, but he said, "Um, either I have to get kicked out from the, the school or I have to go continue running. So, because the the teachers have more more power than um, the families, the students there. So, I was like, wow, this is going to be a little crazy. But, like, yeah, I want to get to school because I was um, doing so well on school side. I was the top three students. And I do not want to, like, miss or do anything besides school. But he said, like, no, you have to run. I went to run and I went again. And... So like I met a lot of different runners and there and at the time I didn't even like have the running shoes and stuff, but like I ran and win it. So because I came, I was like, I want to win this. And the, um, second time it was like two weeks later. And he said, um, now you have to go in different place and compete. And I was like, what? I thought this is going to be ended here. No, you have to continue. So I was like, okay, but, um, I just want to thank my mom. She, um, It's like where I grow up, like no one knows about running and like you'll get a lot of repetition and stuff. It's so hard as a girl to uh, continue running. So uh, my mom will wake up early, like 3 a.m. to walk halfway with me to get me there. And we'll get there. It's like four or five hours to walk and I'll get there and compete. But I didn't feel like, to step back because I walk five hours while those people are sleeping in their home. So <laughs> I have to mm-hmm. win. So I won that race and uh, also like, this was just like with the uh, regions that I used to live. So they wanna send me in different region. And I was like, I thought this is gonna be stopped here, but it's not gonna stop. So from mm-hmm. that, um, I heard from a lot of coaches, they said, you can come to train here, um, you know what, we can help you, I was like, no, I want to live with my mom, I don't want to move here, but finally, I had, like, we had one race that was cross country 6K, that's uh, a time trial for uh, going to nationals, for that 6K, um, we work, like, we. I, I had friends, and we walked the entire night, but we couldn't make it, the time trial was over because uh, it was eight, already 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, we came here and then we're not going to run. And he said, you know what, they're done. But like, you can run here three laps, uh, three loops. But um, if you get a good time, then you can make it to national. I was like, wow, this is like crazy. Three, laps for, three lo- loops for this big um, cross country. Um Feel like it was like up and down, and he said yes. So I ran, I, ju- I was just thinking, How am I gonna finish? Um, early, so I ran, I ran it 22 23 minutes. that how I start running, and um, from that, my cousin asked me to um, move in different place so I can get closer to train with the group. And um, well, I make another transition. I um just move there and I train with the group. Five months later, I make it to um, Nationals. So, like, I became a champion and I, ha- I had a chance to compete um, in different uh, places outside of the air. Triathlon, present in my country. And also during one championship, I was the one who have the fastest time in the country, and also junior. So that's how I came here and I compete. Junior was Championship, and I'd stay? I decided to stay here. Mm. This is
0: all when you were how old, Greenie? Just for your life. I, I was seventeen.
2: Wow, that is such an incredible story. I just love, you know, this is a really great lesson to me, and just like, um, I mean, it's obviously is completely different. So everyone just listen. My brain's kind of wrapping around that incredible story, but just also how important it is for um kids to just kind of have just like a natural rhythm towards just like healthy competition. <laughs> um, it's just like really like you wanted to go and you wanted to win. You wanted to compete. And like it was just kind of like, oh, there was like really not that much riding on it. Um, you know, a point for a grade. All right, fine. I'm gonna run there. Um but so different from how it is in America, especially in our education system and what we prioritize. And I'm literally just fascinated. Um by just the prioritization of just health and the fact that, you know, I would complain about, you know, a 20 minute walk to school up the hill and you had a two hour plus walk to school every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, you just, I'm inspired. I'm in awe and I'm just going to get my life together right now.
3: (laughs) Well, so one thing that I would like to hear to American kids is like um, if, you, if you feel like you're not getting much here, you need to go in different mm. um, areas to experience. This is what mm. it looks like. Mm. Because you'll yeah. wake up early in the morning and run until school because if we're late, even one minute, we're going to get punishment. So mm. they will whoop it with the, uh oh. wire and stuff.
2: <laughs> Dang, okay, okay, look at it. We don't have a problem, though. You <laughs> pull out a wire on me.
3: <laughs> so um I feel like uh, life in mm-hmm. here is so much easier we um uh, we don't see a lot of uh much different that's why we
0: complain about a lot of stuff but uh-huh, uh-huh. just the yeah. idea of you walk into a competition uh, like for hours and then competing after that like mm-hmm. that's that's incredible
2: yeah mm-hmm. that is incredible I mean you mentioned- yeah you're a force to be <laughs> because if you're able to do all that and and then still compete really well, I mean, yeah, you're incredible. Yeah. So
1: it's an incredible um experience. I'm sure it shaped you in so many ways. Wayne. You yeah. mentioned your mom walking with you and your coach that saw you were good in gym class. If it's hard as a female athlete in Eritrea to find role models, did you have like it's so good that you had those two pushing you towards running because I think they knew it would take you far. But did you have anyone else to look at as an example? Do you, did you have um, other runners that you watched or had heard of
3: or anything like that? So first, when I live in the village um, now, so it's, it was like very hard. Um, it's very complicated to overcome because all they know is, uh, women have to stay at home, do women. Mm. So, we don't have that. You can go out and work or help your family or something. You have to. So, like they have um, arranged marriage. Um, you will get married at 15. So, they, your family is going to pick someone for you. And your family doesn't have any uh, vision in you as a girl. Mm. All they know is you can get married in. Few years and you have to help your mom. You have to learn what your moms do. Mm. So, for me, um, no one was like I. I don't see a lot of runners, or I never heard about running anything. But in the city was like a little better. So um, they there was like a lot of runners and like um, there's an a like lives in the city, so you will see him every day training because we have only one track. Mm. So. But, like where I came from, I did not know anything about running. And I don't think so. My mom either understood what running means. You just want to support what I wanted. She mm-hmm. just said, you know what? I don't like the way how people said a lot of things about you or how a lot of reputation that, that I get as a girl. But if that's what you like, I'm going to go and support wherever you want because she knows that if I said this is good, and it's good. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and but, my uh, teacher also, uh, he knows, he, he knows about running because he uh, lives a little close to the city and also um, works with a lot of runners. So he just wanted me to be a part of it and support that journey. Mm-hmm.
2: What's uh, your, you know, you mentioned about um, when you're born as a girl, you already have a path that's kind of set up for you it doesn't really matter what you want to do. It's just like, you're going to get married and then you're going to do what women are expected to do um, at home in Eritrea. What's your view on that now um, and how you see that? And, and can you share with us a little bit about your internal thought process on that expectation on girls and. I think
3: that's, that's um, I want to be like the best example I can be. So that's what. I went to do the pop, uh, publishing house that's a major because I want to do a lot of outside outside running to inspire women and young adults because um to me if I had a chance right now to go back and teach this woman's out empower them I was already a part of it when I was in school I'll go back and um, educate women in general especially the those who lives in the village and farming places because they don't know anything. So mm-hmm. I want to show that they can um, be independent and they can do a lot of bigger than what they expect. That's
2: amazing. That's amazing. amazing. Well, let us know. I mean, obviously, that's going to be something that you're formulating as you move into your pro career. Um, how I can we can support um, your mission to to get back home and and support women's goals and, you know, young girls goals and dreams to be independent and pursue their own life's mission.
1: And Wayne, do you see, do you think sports, like, do you think bringing something like running to where you're from in Eritrea could help women? Do you think, um, that could be a way that they could see, you know, a road to success and independence? Um, or do you think just education first, like, what are your, you sound like you have plans and you have the experience. Yeah. Yes,
3: I feel like it's important to educate both, so not only women, but the family too. So I feel like education for family, what's good, what's bad, and then um empowering the women to change their to help change their family's mind and mm-hmm. um like running will be very important for them too. So Um, One of the things that I used to hear every day from my mom when people tell her is like, she's not going to have kids in the future. She's going to have heart attack. Mm -hmm. Running can help you from getting heart attack or getting other things. But like, that's what they believe. Mm, so I you. had a lot of friends that starts they were really good, but they couldn't continue because of their parents. Mm-hmm. They don't can't, let them
1: what they would say about women's sports here back in the you know 1920s and 30s just hasn't caught up caught up yet.
3: Yes. Also like another the biggest thing is like um when you go to compete or you spend like a night with the team or um other runners mm-hmm. what they will think is like you already involved in bad things so, no. so that i feel like that's what a lot of people um prevent from letting their kids going to there to participate so like i feel like this will change a lot um and the city is like a lot better and a lot of runners and but it needs to be like white opportunity not in the city so we needed this woman to live in the village in uh, farming places um, learn about the things and how to do differently than uh, being um, a housewife.
0: sounds like there's a lot of fear you know they don't know, maybe know the opportunities that running and the health benefits and all of these opportunities that running has given you instead they had these misconceptions about it and it was keeping you know very fearful how did you have the courage to stay in it and stick with it? Even like when you saw your friends, like kind of going to be prevented from doing sports, you know, and you said their families weren't supportive. Was it, was it having the sport of your mom? Like, do you think that was a central piece for you? And I feel like, yes. um, My family
3: was very understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them live in the city. Some of them live in the village. Um, Like my mom was saying, Um, you know what, I trust you, whatever you do, I'm just going to support that. Mm -hmm. And then also, you you will hear this um, reputation a lot about you. Of course, it's painful at the time, but I said, I'm going to show them what I do. So like, they're going to learn from me and let their kids to do the same thing for the future. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I wouldn't say I ignored everything. It hurts sometimes, but I'll just keep going. Uh, it doesn't matter i i just said like it doesn't matter unless i'm doing good what i do so that's why i want to accomplish some big things so you let the
2: haters motivate
3: yes (laughs) like do your things when i'm
0: doing something get out of my way (laughs) (laughs) i'll show you that's
2: incredible yeah i'm i'm on i'm on team wayne all day
0: And Wayne, do you think, just like curious, do you think there's a chance you'll be um, at the U.S. Olympic trials next summer? Or is that the big question?
3: Yes, I'm working on that and hopefully to see myself there.
0: Yeah, okay.
3: And
1: Wayne, how is, um, I assume you're able to talk to your family back in Eritrea somewhat often. Like, how are they doing recently? Because we saw in the news there is um, some civil war activity going on
3: in Ethiopia and that northern region Mm. so I talked to them last time last time after I heard because I was like shocked so I called right away I can talk to them through phone and they're doing well they're doing okay I know the uh, there's something going on and they heard uh, around them it was very close to them um, but they said they're doing okay so that's good to hear from them yes
0: and what are they thinking about your success at the moment like are they able to keep track of you know the fact that you're going pro and that you know you've just run a really fast time are they following your sports
3: so well there's isn't no a chance to follow all those things that I do because they don't have like a lot of social media stuff where they can check things and stuff but um I call them once a well and I tell them what I'm doing and they're very proud and just like very supportive of that and now are the
1: people that um live in the village like um are you like someone they look up to like have they heard about what you're doing and how you've made it
3: um yes i mean um are, some of their kids are outside the area, so they might have to tell them what i'm doing and some of them was a great um motivators like they will support you whatever you do they will just say yes you make us proud Mm -hmm. and some of them what she's doing and so those people all these people are um just like looking what they're uh, what i'm doing so hopefully they learn something and uh, i'm pretty sure they, they do
1: absolutely and hopefully you're inspiring more girls to start running and um inspiring change in the village that would be amazing thank you mm-hmm. brilliant
2: Thanks. so I mean I am thank I'm obviously you. in your corner so I want to know I mean you shared so much with us that is just so much depth beyond what I think a lot of us would guess would make a pro runner obviously we all have our own individual stories and um, I so it's funny for me to ask this question about our podcast but I want to know, you know, the purpose of our podcast is to better share stories that wouldn't otherwise be uh, shared or told for women in sports. And so I want to know, like, what part of your story?
3: um, I mean, I would like to share this. I mean, that's like what I want to do. And um, even if I can use my platform to inspire other people, that's, that's my goal.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So we're here to, to share that. And I just whatever pieces of things that you feel like you know, you want to kind of drop right here. I mean, I want to hear, I want to listen, I want to share, and we want to support. So where can we follow you, um, on, you know, social platforms and moving forward, where can we support you in your mission?
3: Well, um, I think, um, Instagram is the biggest, uh, yeah, um, yeah, media that I use, I think. Yep. And, mm-hmm. Um, I also have Twitter and Facebook, but most of them is in, um, Instagram. And I would like to use Facebook because that's what, where the people back home, I can reach out because they didn't use other social media. So I want to use my Facebook, uh, as a platform to influence other people too. What's your name on there? So people can, um, find you. Or just my first name and my last name, Kaladi. Wayney Kaladi. Wayne
2: Kaladi. Cl- Perfect. So it's W-E-I-N-I underscore K-E-L-A-T-I. Everyone that's listening, Um, you can follow her there and support um, the journey and everything that she's going to be doing to, you know, inspire and be an example for um, girls and women back home to prove that you can do it. You can be independent and you can fight for your dreams and your own goals to be um, whoever you were made to be. yes (laughs)
3: yes <laughs> yes that's what i believe, live and that's what i'm gonna teach people
2: i love it awesome well thank you so much for for you know hopping on the podcast with us and our audience um i know that we're gonna have you back on right next year yeah. you're gonna come back on okay i want to hang out wherever um, you want to meet guys <laughs> let's do it let's make it happen i'm coming to your house next time um uh, we're gonna do keeping track live and yeah. Okay. I just made that up, but probably going to do that.
0: I would do it. <laughs> let's go. Oh
2: yeah. Molly in like stuff. Oh yeah. Perfect. We're crashing at your place in case you're wondering what's happening right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Everyone go ahead and follow Wayne on um, her social page again on Instagram, which we shared there. And um, yeah, let's follow along. Let's cheer her on. And yeah we really appreciate you thank you so much for keeping track
3: thank you thank you so much for having me appreciate you all yes you keep keep up the great work see you thank you see you bye Bye. keep track keep track
1: Major shout outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our fungi outro song. Thanks, guys. And become a fan like
0: we are. And we'll be back in 2021, Molly. Yeah. 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 You guys. So enjoy the end of 2020. So Happy long holidays, well everyone.
2: <laughs> Happy everything that you celebrate and you want to do. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I love you.
0: That's a wrap, wrap in 2020. Get out of here.
2: Get out of here, kid. Thanks for keeping track. <laughs> Come back
0: to us in 2021. We'll be renewed with the new new year, new you, new
2: me, new all it's of us. really more silly, you guys. Yeah. The funk.
0: I'm in the mood for more silly right now. I like that too. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> maybe it's the fatigue maybe it's just i don't know seeing you guys it's great to connect so thank you for everyone who's st- stuck with us kept track with us all year in this crazy yeah. year and um, we appreciate you yes thanks for keeping track
1: sports stars they're like superheroes but they're actually real
2: which is why we've made a podcast about them you see